the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Inspiration. I can do anything. Education. Let's do this. And application. Oh boy, this is going to be good. Welcome to Like It Matters Radio. Keeping us out of the water hazard with some truth therapy. And teeing up solutions for today's big issues. Here's your life caddy, Mr. Scott V. Black. So welcome to the world of Mr. Black. Welcome to the world of Mr. Black. I am he, you are you, and the time is now for Like It Matters Radio. Living life like it matters. And let's be honest, some days it's tougher than others. You know, some days uh, is uh, not always the best day. But you know what matters is not what happens to us but what happens in us. See, this is the battle, ladies and gentlemen. We're so wrapped up in pronouns that we're missing the prepositions. Lots of things happen to us. Lots of things are dealt to us. Lots of people can do things to us. But what we need to understand, that that preposition change changes everything. It's one thing for someone to do something to you, but it's another thing for something to have in you. See, when you allow things in you, that's different than things being done to you. Some things are inside your home. Some things are outside your home. Some things inside your home uh, you worry about. Some things outside your home you worry about. But the things that happen inside are much more worrisome than those things that happen outside. Why? Because there's walls. There's protection. There's separation, if you will. And so today, I want to get personal. You know, there's a good book out there that was written thousands of years ago that tells us it's appointed for man to die one time, and then comes the judgment. In other words, we will all be judged based on the great exchange. What do you mean, the great exchange, Black? Well, what did you exchange your time for? What did you do, not only with the time you were given, but also with your pain, your disappointments, the reroutes? Uh, and the point of decisions, right? The choices that were made at those points of decisions. I mean, we have a great thought process of what we're going to do. But I learned a long time ago, commitment at the point of decision is true commitment. And if you don't learn that choices have consequences, and if you don't learn that bad choices have bad consequences and good choices have good consequences, and if you don't learn that early in life, well... You're going to be a mess. Uh, You don't believe me? Uh, Let me go to the history books. Kathleen Demlo. Kathleen Demlo Schunk was born on March 19, 1938, to Joseph and Gertrude Schunk of Wabasso. She married Dennis Demlo at St. Anne's in Wabasso in 1957 and had two children, Gina and Jay. In 1962, she became pregnant by her husband's brother, Lyle Demlo, and moved to California. She abandoned her children, Gina and Jay, 
who were then raised by her parents in Clements, Mr. and Miss Joseph Shutt. She passed away in May 31, 2018 in Springfield and will now face judgment. She will not be missed by Jean and Jay, and they understand that this world is a better place without her. Yeah, that's what I just read. That's a newspaper article. That is an obituary. That's a true one. See, an 80-year-old woman's seemingly straightforward obituary took a dark turn that no one could have predicted. The obituary for Kathleen Demlo Shunk first appeared in the Redwood Gazette this week, and this was in, uh, stated she was born on March 19, 1938, resided in Springfield, Minnesota. Uh, She married Dennis Demlo in 1957, had two children with him, Gene and Jay. And then there's funny, there's a, a post on Twitter, paragraph one, okay. Paragraph two, okay. Paragraph three, wait for it. Paragraph four, oh. Paragraph five, airplanes flies overhead with a banner reading, Welcome to Hell, Mom. The next sentence is where the obituary's tone appeared to change. In 1962, she became pregnant by her husband's brother, Lyle Demlo, and moved to California. She abandoned her children, Jean and Jay, who were then raised by her parents and Clements, Mr. and Mrs. Joseph Shunk. The next two sentences were primarily crushing, particularly, I should say. She passed away on May 31st, 2018 in Springfield and will now face judgment. She will not be missed by Jean and Jay, and they understand this world is a better place without her. And despite the harsh words, believe it or not, many people shared condolences online version of her obituary. You know, ladies and gentlemen, what are you doing with the great exchange? It's a confusing world. People are lost. My, my country I grew up in no longer exists. Now, we still live in this place called America, but it is not the same place. And it's scary. We're going to talk about what happened in Tennessee. Uh, but a lot happened in Tennessee. You might be thinking about one thing. I can give you three or four things uh, in the last week that happened in Tennessee. Uh, but you're only focused on one of them. But we're going to talk about that. And not to talk about politics or not to talk about red team or blue team or Biden or Trump. That's not what this is about. This is about the environment, people. We're living in an environment. And we got to be aware. Are you becoming like that environment? Is the environment affecting you? Are you affecting the environment? See, that's the key. It's, one's going to affect the other. And so we got to decide who's controlling whom. Are you becoming more like your environment or are you feeling more outside like you don't fit in, like a foreigner in a strange land, like an ambassador in chains, like someone just passing through? This is a foreign country, and if you don't see that, maybe it's affecting you. Maybe you're becoming like the country. I remember years ago when I moved to Dallas. Uh, I hated Vegas. I grew up in Vegas. My young adult life was in Vegas. There's a poorly planned city, still is today, outside of a lot of other stuff I don't like about it. But I moved to Texas, and I was told by Texas there are so many ways to get the same place. You cannot get stuck on a freeway. It just doesn't happen here in Texas. So I move up to Texas, and within a, a week or two, guess what? I'm parked on a freeway. It makes no sense at all. I was told that cannot happen. 
And so I went home and I, I searched the Internet to figure out what was going on. Why did they shut down the freeway? And it was daytime. I don't remember what time of day it was. It was a while ago, 15 years ago or something, uh, maybe 10, 12, I don't know. But something happened. So here's what I found out. There was this radio dude. Uh, he was off. It was right about noonish time, I think, somewhere around there. And uh, he was going home. Called his wife up, say, honey, I'll see you in a bit. Planning on going home. Driving home, doing what he normally does, uh, not paying attention to a lot of things. And in front of him, unbeknownst to him, was a flatbed semi. And it had a forklift on it. And whatever reason, it just wasn't tied down properly. And so the truck is going down the freeway 80 miles an hour, whatever it is, hits the overpass. It catapults the forklift. That catapults lands on that. I mean, that forklift lands on that driver in the vehicle crushed him i mean stopped him dead in his tracks no pun intended and whenever i say this uh, i always say i'm sorry it sounds funny i mean they had to shut down the freeway because they had to get a crane in there because that's there's only one way you get a forklift off of a vehicle it crushed on a freeway and that's with a forklift now, here's the strangest thing. How many people do you know have been fly, uh, killed by a flying forklift? And, and I know it sounds funny. I don't mean it to sound funny. But here's the thing. I tell that story over and over and over, and I purposely have not sought who this guy was, what he did. And here's why. Because I said this long before anybody knew who George Floyd was except for George Floyd's parents. I used to say this all the time. Are you going to be more known for how you die? Or are you going to be more known for how you live? And let's be honest, in America today, the crumbling of our once great country, how are people remembered? They're remembered for how they die. They are not remembered for how they live. And so today, ladies and gentlemen, we got to get back to the basics. We got to get back to some principles. And today, the topic of the show is this, principled principle. I'm posing a question. We'll be answering that after the break. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. I am black. And today I'm posing a question. Principled principle. You know these existential questions in life, who am I? Why am I here? What's my purpose? Those are really, really important because we have to know who we are. We have to know why we're here. Uh, We have to know whose we are. These are important questions. These are questions that dictate everything else. From these questions, everything else comes from. And remember, my background is in leadership. I do leadership training. You can go to likeitmatters.net, read about it. I'm in my 31st year. Uh, I do transformational leadership. Uh, I show up. I do custom events. I do keynote uh, training. I go on site, whether it's uh, in North Carolina or California, wherever it is, with my graduate, my clients, uh, and I work on site. I charge five figures to show up to, to work with people for a day. So I know what I'm doing. My forte is leadership, and leadership's a process. It's a three-step process. Remember, keep it simple, soldier. Dr. William Marston wrote a book in 1928, uh, actually 1923, I think it was, uh, The Emotions of Normal People. 
And Dr. Uh, Marston, who's considered the father of adult learning, he also uh, uh, created Wonder Woman. He did the first lie detector test. Pretty interesting guy. Dr. Marston posited back uh, over 100 years ago that we learn in chunks of information. He said at the time, seven plus or minus two chunks. And I'm thinking about the alphabet. We learned it as one chunk. We learned it as a song, right? We learned the song A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P, Q, R, S, T, U, V, W, X, Y, and Z, right? And when our kids were little, I was a single dad. Uh, and so they would come home in first grade or kindergarten and it would say, what letter comes after the letter D? And how did we do it, parents? We'd start singing with them, right? Sing with me, honey. A, B, C, and then you'd pause so they could say D, and then you, I'd point. What's the next letter? E, right? So you learn the alphabet not as 26 separate letters. You learned it as one chunk. And Dr. Marston 100 years ago said that uh, we basically can, at any given time, have seven plus or minus two chunks. And a chunk could be nuclear biology or it could be an acronym remembering uh, something for a test. The size of the chunk doesn't matter. It's that we learn in chunks. But let's be honest. We're not as thinking type of people as we used to be. I'm sure that's not good English, but it's proper. We don't think like we used to think. Computers, programming, AI, uh, systems are supposed to make our life easier. Do you realize, true story, at the Naval Academy, for a while they started, stopped teaching, stopped teaching Celestial navigation. Why? Because we have satellites, which give us GPS. But after a couple of years, that someone posed the question, uh, Commander, uh, sir, what happens if the enemy takes out our satellite and we have no GPS? Oh, I guess we should teach celestial navigation, huh? Right? So we don't think like we used to. I don't know if I could dial my wife's phone number because I just have her on my phone. Think about we don't know phone numbers. Kids now are learning with, with uh, iPads. My son is teaching himself cursive writing because they don't teach writing in school anymore. So my son, my 8-year-old son, is teaching how to cursively write books. He's self-taught. He's got world's fingertips. And I told you I can take your fingertips, your prints, and tell you exactly how your brain is wired. And he's got worlds. He's self-taught. He loves to learn. He's self-driven by the grace of God. And so it used to be seven plus or minus two chunks, but we don't think anymore. That's one reason for the show. It's inspirational. It's educational. It's applicational. You got to use it or lose it. Einstein defined education as the training of the brain to process information, to critically think, not to, to memorize rote figures and, and quotes and statutes. That's not what learning is. And so you got to get uh, what leadership is. Because what we're lacking today is leadership. We have a lot of followers. We have a lot of team sports. Everybody's on the red team or the blue team. And, boy, that's the whole thing with now. Uh, they have made Donald Trump an incredible uh, boogeyman. Whether you like him or not, push that aside. Have some emotional intelligence, why don't you? Push what you feel and what you like aside and look at things factually. That's what an intelligent leader does. That's what a mover of people does. They put their feelings aside. There's a lot of things Jesus didn't like when he walked here. Put those feelings aside. Put your feelings aside. Look at things with data. We can't, we can't hold on to seven plus or minus chunks anymore. We're, we're too, uh, our brains aren't, aren't, aren't strong enough. There's neural pathways. We let told, uh, people think for us. 
For those of you that love the government, you believe whatever they tell you, follow the political science, not the real science. Because J.K. Rowling and her scientists all told us what we all know. I don't like J.K. Rowling. I like, I like Harry Potter. I don't like J.K. Rowling. But she's right. There are two genders. And all this LGBTQT stuff is an insult to women. It's an affront to women's rights. All this work, Title IX and all this is gone. It's crazy. How many men are wearing women, winning women of the year? Our, our federal government's doing it. Our state government doing it. Massachusetts is doing it. Minneapolis is doing it. It's crazy. You get a, a male athlete who's not even in the top 500 of their sport, and then they put on a dress and say, I'm a girl, and now they're, they're number one in their sport in women's swimming. I mean, it's ludicrous, and yet we're the crazy ones. You need to go to Isaiah 5, people. Go to Isaiah 5. I think it's about chapter 20. I mean, uh, verse 20. You'll see what I'm talking about. Isaiah told you. What's wrong is going to be considered right. What's up is going to be considered down. What's crazy is going to be considered normal. What's normal is going to be considered crazy. Why are you shocked by this? I'm just shocked that it happened so quick. And this is where today's show is called Principle Principle. Do you know who you are? Do you know why you're here? Do you know that something's not right? Do you know that you're supposed to do something about it? Or are you so busy fitting in? Are you so getting along? I mean, I do a radio show that I can't even get an hour out there without the devil wanting to stop me from talking. Why? Because I know who I am. I know what time it is. And I know whose I am. This is why I'm a pastor. This is why I study the Word of God. For it is written. See, there's only one way to keep your head while everybody else is losing theirs. It's getting crazy out there. This is where you got to know who you are. You got to know why you're here. This is why a sense of self is important. Self-esteem is so critical to know who you are. It's a term used in psychology to reflect a person's overall emotional evaluation of their own self-worth. Self-esteem is confidence in one's own worth or abilities. Self-esteem encompasses beliefs about oneself. For example, I am loved, I am worthy, as well as emotional states such as triumph, despair, pride, and shame. See, this is the confidence that the Word of God gives me. I know who I am, and I know whose I am, and I know it is written. Isaiah 5.20 talks about this time. What sorrow for those who say that evil is good and good is evil, that day is light and light is dark, that bitter is sweet and sweet is bitter. What sorrow for those who are wise in their own eyes and think themselves so clever. What sorrow for those who are heroes at drinking wine and boast about all the alcohol they can hold. They take bribes to let the wicked go free and they punish the innocent. See, this is the world we live in. What that verse tells you right there is exactly what we're living in. Look at what's going on in New York. They're letting murderers out, mass murderers out. Uh, The assistant DA thinks that uh, these criminals are not bad people. It's just the system's bad. She's the assistant district attorney. You got Alvin Bragg that lets murderers out. They walk free and they go commit other crimes. But for seven years, they've hunted down Donald Trump. For seven years, they've looked at every aspect of his life. For seven years, have you ever been harassed by the government? Do you know they have all the money in the world, all the power in the world? You have nothing. And think about this. If they go after people like Matt Talib, 
you know, when he's testifying about how the deep state worked with social media to fix the election and then at his doors as an IRS agent, when they'll mess with a president of the United States who stands for us, you don't think they're going to screw with you. And then who's going to be there to help you? I lost my home from Lois Lerner. I was harassed by the IRS for five years. They destroyed my life. They turned it upside down because I was not Obama supporter. And they did it in the dark and hid it. Nowadays, it's not. You got to decide who you are and whose you are and why you're here. Four characteristics of healthy self-esteem are, number one, a firm understanding of one skill. Number two, the ability to maintain a healthy relationship with others as a result of having a healthy relationship with oneself. Number three, realistic and appropriate personal expectations. And number four, an understanding of one's needs and the ability to express those needs. See, people with low self-esteem tend to feel less sure of their abilities and may doubt their decisions-making process. This way leave them feeling unmotivated. They won't do anything new. They won't reach for goals. Those with low self-esteem have issues with relationships, expressing their needs, and they become a victim. And see, this is what happens. This is when a victim goes to a rescuer to save them. And if a victim isn't rescued quick enough or to their own liking, they then become a persecutor. Is Dr. Stephen Cartman's The Drama Triangle. Look it up. Ladies and gentlemen, this is why you got to be principled. You got to know who you are. You got to know what you stand for. Because it is appointed for man to die one time and then comes the judgment. Like Dr. King said, I have a dream that one day I will live in a nation where my four little children are not judged by the content, I mean, not judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. Don't you hear what Dr. King said? He was a Christian. He's a follower of Yahweh. He knew that we're all going to be judged. For it is appointed for man to die one time, and then comes the judgment. And if you don't know who you are, and if you don't know why you're here, and if you don't know whose you are, then how can you be a principle-centered person? How can you live a principle-centered life? And the problem is, you know how you die? The way you live. Because planes crash and people die. And unless you take your own life, the only one that knows your last day is Jehovah. I'm Black. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, application. I am Black. Hopefully you're still with me. We've had a few few mistakes on the airwaves. Don't know what's going on, but uh, we're going to fight the good fight. And uh, hopefully my producer can clean this up and put it on a good recorded show so that we can uh, get some apps. Are you there? Okay, good. All right, yeah, I'm getting something in my ear. Sorry, I don't know what's going on. But uh, hold on, I got something feeding me. I don't know what's going on here. Uh, I'm getting hit with things. Okay, here we go. All right, I don't know what's going on, people. My apologies, but I was getting hit with stuff in my ears there. So today we're talking about what's going on. We're talking about principled principle. Principle is a value. What values do you have? Now, there's a difference in words. And tomorrow I'm actually, or actually Thursday, I'm going to do a show called Words because, boy, we don't know what words mean. They are being used and thrown around and words that don't make sense. We're redefining. So let me tell you the two words principle. Principle. 
Principal and principal, they're spelled a little bit different. One is P-A-L, one is P-L-E. Everything else is the same. A principal is the main person. Uh, it's a debt amount. It's the head of school. But a principal is a rule or belief. And we got to ask ourselves, what are our principles? Because it's going to come time down where you're going to have to decide. A lot of people choose by not choosing. Remember, we start off by talking about commitment at the point of decision is true commitment. That's why I love the quote by Rocky Balboa. So let me tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place. And I don't care how tough you are. It will beat you to your knees and keep you here permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody is going to hit as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much can you take and keep moving forward? That's how winning is done. Now, if you know that you're worth it, then go out and get what you're worth. But you got to be willing to take the hits and not pointing fingers saying you ain't where you want to be because of him or because of her or because of anybody else. Cowards do that. And that ain't you. You're better than that. And ladies and gentlemen, that's what we got to figure out. Who are we? Why are we here? What's our purpose? So you've been talking about leadership. And a lot of people think, well, I don't have this and I don't have that. But what do you have? You know, there's a leader-follower-action cycle. We talk about this thing called leadership. Because what we need is good people to stand up. It doesn't matter what your title is. It doesn't matter how much education you have. Because you can be self-taught. We have an internet now that's good for more than just pornography or looking at dead people. An internet gives you access to every single book ever written. And when you understand how our brain works, and our brain has unlimited plasticity, we never have to lose our cognitive ability. But it's, again, atrophy. Just like thinking for ourselves is atrophy. If you let everybody else think for you, if you don't question anything, then you're going to lose the ability to think for yourself. And that's what's going on to millions of Americans. Half of this country, at least, if not more, maybe two-thirds, maybe 66%, don't think for themselves. They let either the deep state, state state-run media, or the Democrats, they're all the same thing, Joe Biden and all his progressive woke people tell you what to believe, or you let conservatives or Trump, and I like Donald Trump. I'm a supporter of Donald Trump. I don't agree with everything he does. He is not my savior. I have a savior. His name's genius. Uh, Jesus, sorry. Jesus was a genius. He's omniscient. So I want you to know, I like Donald Trump. I don't like everything he does. He's a man, and all men fall short of the glory of God. I do, you do, John does, Joe does, Billy Bob does, Lisa does, the Pope does, Mother Mary does, uh, all Mother Teresa did. you got to understand they're all flawed, but we are called to be better. That's what under construction is, learning to be a little bit better today than yesterday, a little bit better tomorrow than today. How do we learn be We grow by failure. How do we grow? We grow by taking a look at our choices. 
and choices that bring bad outcomes, we say, okay, what can I learn from that? How can I learn to choose different since the outcome was not what I want? It's called behavioral modification. Our dogs know that. Our cats know that. Our pets know that. Our children knows that. The government makes sure wants to know, make sure that we know that. If you follow the rules and do everything the government sells you, they'll go easy on you. They won't prosecute you for crimes. They'll send money to your bank account. They'll leave you alone. But ask Matt Tlaib, what is his name, Tlaib? He's the guy with the Twitter files. While he's uh, in front of Congress talking about how corrupt uh, the Democrats were working with uh, social media, guess what was going on? The Democrats sent the IRS to his home. And the IRS knocked. While he's in front of Congress, the IRS showed up unannounced at his door saying they need to talk to him, that they're going to rejecting his 2018-2021 tax returns. Show up in his house while he's in front of Congress. By chance, think not. Lois Lerner destroyed my life. Lois Lerner, when she harassed uh, under Obama, harassed conservatives. She put a lien on my property. I lost everything. And then like eight years later, they go, oh, we were wrong. And then they sent me $85,000. But they had cost me my life. They had cost me my business. Uh, Empower You had to be shut down. They would cost me my land. They would cost me my oil rights. All that. No one made any uh, sustenance for that. I was never given reparations. So you got to understand. This is why you got to know who you are because the world's changing. America's changing. The old America's not here anymore. This is why you need to be principled because it's appointed for man to die one time and then comes the judgment. We're going to be standing before God someday and we're going to be judged. What did you do with the great exchange? And the great exchange is what did you exchange your time for? How many lives are better because you have lived? This is the key. This is what it's about. And if this is not what it's about for you, then I'm going to ask you, are you doing what you're called to do? Because the leader, follower, action cycle, how to choose your contributions. You got to see what's going on around you. You got to open your eyes. You got to wake up. You got to become conscious. And we're lulled in this unconscious sleep. We're lulled in saying, hey, everything's okay. We're lulled in saying, oh, it's a big orange man's fault problem. We're lulled in saying, oh, it's because of COVID. We're lulled into all these lies. And if you say anything, then you don't fit in with the group, then you're treated differently. You've got to decide who are you? Why are you here? What's your purpose? You know, when Jesus walked this planet, you know, James thought he was crazy reading the book. There's a point where Jesus is in the house and telling people he's God and someone goes and sends for his Mary and his brother and they come and say, come on, you got to get Jesus out of here. He's crazy, man. And they say he was crazy. But then you got to look. After Jesus was crucified and resurrected, who became the, the first leader of the Jerusalem church? It was James, Jesus' half-brother. And what people don't know because it's extra biblical is that James was told to deny Christ after the resurrection and he won it. And James was taken to the same top of the hill that Satan had tempted Jesus. They took James up there and told him to deny Christ, and he said he wouldn't. And they threw him off of that place, and it didn't kill him. And so they went down to the bottom where he was, and they clubbed him to death. Now, what would happen that would cause someone who thought somebody was crazy, and then just a decade later, now, or whatever time it was, give his life for that same person that he thought was crazy. You know why? Because he perceived the situation objectively. And what I'm talking about for a leader, not for Jesus or not for his half-brother James, but for us, we got to ask ourselves these three questions. Where are we now? Where are we going? 
what will it take to get there and how long? Number two, you got to evaluate your ability to lead and or actively follow in terms of situation. Were you made to lead this or were you made to be a part of follower, an active follower in this? Number three, choose. See, commitment at the point of decision is true commitment. You've got to choose to lead or actively follow. It's a conscious choice. It's not one that's made unconsciously. You've got to choose. It's time to choose. Are you going to be used or are you not? Are you going to be worthy or are you not? But you got to believe in yourself, who you are and what you were put here to be and do. Once you got to choose to lead or actively follow, then you got to identify your contributions. What do you bring to the table? What are your gifts? What are your talents? How can you use your trauma? How can you use your drama? And then start putting specific action steps that you're going to do today. Number five, evaluate your contributions in the situation as is now. So now you know what you can do. Now you got to be a realistic um, layout. What's going on? How much of the battlefield can you see? What's, the, what's going on? And lastly, and this is so important, and so many people never do this part. Step number six, take action. Take action. You've got to do something. Now, here's the thing. Sometimes you have a lot of time to ponder this. Sometimes the time is now. Depending on the situation, this entire process might take only 10 seconds or it might take a week. Again, it's all dependent on the environment you're in. Each situation is unique unto itself, as is each member of the team. We've got to figure out uh, all the data, time allotted for decisions, team member personality, safety, strengths, weaknesses, all that. It's time to wake up. There's a lot of work to be doing. There's a lot that needs to be done. Just to quote 2 Corinthians 10, 5 through 6 from the message, it says the world is unprincipled. It's dog-eat-dog dog out there. The world doesn't fight fair. But we don't live or fight our battles that way. Never have, never will. The tools of our trade aren't for marketing and manipulation, but they're for demolishing that entire massively corrupt culture. We use our powerful God tools for smashing warped philosophies, tearing down barriers erected against the truth of God, fitting every loose thought and emotion and impulse into the structure of a life shaped by Christ. Our tools are ready at hand for clearing the ground of every obstruction and building lives of obedience into maturity. Ladies and gentlemen, this is who we are. This is what we're called to do. This is why not only do I do my training at likeitmatters.net, this is why I do a daily radio show to get your mind right, to refocus your mind, and to resuscitate your heart. Because you're needed, you're made for this moment, you're qualified. I'm Black, and we'll be right back. Matters Radio. Radio, like it matters, inspiration, education, and application. I am Black, and today on Like It Matters Radio, we're talking about principled principle. Who are you? Why are you here? What is your purpose? America has changed. Our politics has changed. We've now become a racist country, openly racist, and it's okay as long as it's the right type of racism. And it's it's really sad. Uh, it's really scary about what's going on. I mean, and uh, we're be- teaching people to be racist um, and hateful and bigoted. We're going to talk about Tennessee, but 
Pentagon diversity chief receives no disciplinary action after probing the anti-white post. Now, here's a woman in charge of the Pentagon's diversity, equity, inclusion. She's an inclusion chief, Kalisa Wing. This is how they're programming our military. This is what scares me. We're not prepared for battle. We're battling each other. Pentagon said it will issue no disciplinary action to its former diversity, equity, inclusion chief, Kalisa Wing, over a series of divisive statements about white people. Stunning. She basically is just a racist, hates white people, and now she's training our military. She's been training for years under Biden now. Wing was put under probe uh, by the Pentagon on September 17 over tweets which she referred to white people as Karens. I'm exhausted with these white folks in these uh, sessions, she wrote. This lady actually had the caudacity. This woman made up a word, this black woman, to insult white people. She's paid six figures a year. She programs mentally all of our soldiers, everybody in the Defense Department. This lady actually, this is what she said about this white woman. This lady actually had the caudacity. So now she's making a word that white people have, have audacity to say anything. Shut up, white people. This lady had the caudacity to say that black people can be racist. Isn't that amazing? I had to stop the session and give Karen the business. Oh, see, we're not the majority. We don't have power. Yet she's telling everybody what to think. She stopped her meeting to chew on Karen. She's telling everybody what to think. And if you don't think like her, you're out of the military. So she has no power. Caudacity is a slang term that is used to describe audacity demonstrated by white people, in case you don't know. Another occasion, Wing responded to a user who said, I'm exhausted by 99% of the white men in education and 95% of the white women. Where can I get a break from white nonsense for a while? This is what our military now are being taught. Boston Middle School survey asked students about oral sex, transgenderism, prompts parents outrage. Parents had no idea these questions would be asked, says Mother Elliot K-8 Innovation School. So we're talking about sixth graders, seventh graders. They're given a copy of a survey to find oral sex. How much of oral sex have you engaged in? What about your sexual orientation? Do you think you're a boy? Do you think you're a girl? What's your frequency of sexual activity? Do they consider yourself? Do you want to change sexes? All this uh, with our little fifth and sixth graders and fourth grade. Isn't that amazing? And we wonder why. And this, this is what's going on. They got political parties. I remember this story I heard. A woman in a hot air balloon realized she was lost. She lowered her altitude and spotted a man in a boat below. She shouted to him, excuse me, can you help me? I promised a friend I would meet him an hour ago, but I don't know where I am. The man consulted his portable GPS and replied, you're in a hot air balloon approximately 30 feet above a ground elevation of 2,346 feet above sea level. You're at 31 degrees, 14.97 minutes north latitude, 100 degrees, 49.09 minutes west longitude. She rolled her eyes and said, you must be a Republican. I am, replied the man. How'd you know? Well, answered the balloonist, everything you told me is technically correct, but I have no idea what to do with your information, and I'm still lost. Frankly, you've not been much help to me. The man smiled and responded, you must be a Democrat. I am, replied the balloonist. How did you know? Well, said the man, you don't know where you're going or where you, uh, you don't know where you are or where you're going. You've risen to where you are due to a large quantity of hot air. You made a promise that you have no idea how to keep, and you expect me to solve your problem. You're in exactly the same position you were in before we met, but somehow now it's my fault. 
it's going all around us. And John, John had to put that in there. Yeah, it was a good one. Thanks, John. Now let's talk about what happened in, in Tennessee. And by the way, I was going to talk about what was happening in Tennessee long before the murder. See, I had this article here, Metro Nashville Police Arrest 32-Year-Old Suspect in Brazen Unprovoked Assault on Laundromath. Do you see this? It's a black gentleman. You'll never hear the skin color. He's just going up behind white folk and just pummeling to, close to death. Authorities in Tennessee arrested the suspect involved in an unprovoked attack Wednesday at a laundromat in Nashville. The Metropolitan Nashville Police Department warned the community to be on the lookout for the suspect, later identified as 30-year-old, 32-year-old Kadri Renfro. Kadri, I think his name, Kadri Renfro. And put out a video showing the brutal blindside assault. The video appears to show Renfro wearing a black hooded sweatshirt, black pants, and black shoes, and wielding a cane or pipe. He then strikes an unidentified 45-year-old victim. And again, you don't hear skin color because it doesn't fit their narrative. There's a white guy and a black guy's beating him unprovoked, come up behind him and start welling on him with a rod bar, beating him in the back of the neck. And by the way, they found out he had done it two other times, March 16th, March 18th, and March 19th. Do you know that? Yeah, but and again, I still not get to the killings there in Memphis, because I, I mean in uh, Nashville, because I was bringing this up. Memphis guard Jamira, I think it's her, Jamira shoots. Again, she's black, and the person she assaulted is white. No one ever talks about skin color when it's not right. Has been charged with assault for allegedly punching Bowling Green player Alyssa Brett as the two teams lined up for handshakes following the Falcons' third-round victory in the Women's National Invitational Tournament. Can you believe? Following Thursday's unwarranted physical incident after the WNIT game, she has been charged. Violence is never acceptable. So they're going in the handshake line. Remember, we're all taught to be good sports and shaking hands. And this black woman who doesn't like that she lost to a better person, a better team. So she takes hands with this white basketball player on the other team and cold cocks her. And cold cocks. This is what it's coming down to. It's right. Right? I mean, the, the girl she hit was white. And we all know white people are evil. And we all know black people, the only reason that she lost is because she's black. She should have won the game, but it's only because the white people, this is what's getting crazy. Now, let's talk about what happened in Nashville. Six people were killed, and please have your prayers out there. Nashville, man, used to be conservative. Tennessee used to be conservative. Tennessee is getting corrupted. It's turning more blue and blue, just like in Texas. You go to Dallas, it's liberal. You go to Austin, it's liberal. There was a lady that committed DUI, I think killed somebody. It took the Austin police like hours to get there. By the time the police actually showed up, the woman who had been the accident, who was drunk, is now sober. True story, look it up. Just happened a couple days ago or a week ago or whatever it was. This is how liberal Austin's getting. They, they've defunded police and so now police can't show up for hours. Same thing with Dallas, very liberal, very anti-white this is what's happening. We're becoming such a we're a racist country now. But it's okay as long as you're the right racist. This is why you got to figure out who you are. And look at this thing in Nashville. Police, Nashville scooter shooter Audrey Hale, who is 28-year-old transgender former student who opened fire at school. Now, here's a transgender person who went into a Christian school who killed six people. And if this would have been a Christian person who went into a trans, transgender school and killed six people, do you know what you'd be hearing about the hate? The hate of Christians, the hate of white people, the hate, why can't you just leave these transgender people alone? Why can't you just let them have sex with whoever they want to have sex with? 
That's what the conversation would be. But you don't hear any of that. You don't hear a lot at all. She had a, a, all this. This was going on. And we got to pray for all these people. You know, Ruth Wakefield was well known for her baking and often made butter drop dough cookies. Her recipe required baker's chocolate, which melted completely, producing a chocolate cookie. One day in 1937, as she began making the cookies, she realized that she was out of baker's chocolate, but happened to have a Nestle semi-sweet chocolate bar on hand. She chopped it into chunks and put it in the batter, expecting to melt and disappear in the cookie, producing the familiar chocolate chip cookie for which she had grown famous. To her surprise, the chocolate chips did not disappear, but held their individual shape, producing a creamy texture and a fabulous new taste for the entire cookie. These new cookies became incredibly popular. Nestle bought the rights to the recipe and in 1939 introduced the Nestle Toll House Real Semi-Sweet Chocolate Morsels. Ladies and gentlemen, we've got to be a chocolate chip in a chocolate chip cookie. See, if you had me a chocolate chip cookie, I could tell you to take out the butter, and you can't. I could tell you to take out flour, and you can't. I could tell you to take out the ketchup, I mean the uh, sugar, and you can't. You know why? Because they became part of the cookie. They are not just in the cookie. They are of the cookie. But you know what? If I told you to take out those chocolate chips, you could peel them out. Because the chocolate chips were in the cookie, but they were not of the cookie. Ladies and gentlemen, we need to be the chocolate chip. We need to know who we are. We need to know why we're here. We need to know whose we are. And then we've got to change our society. We've got to change the cookie and not let the cookie change us. It matters. Go to likeitmatters.net. You deserve it. You're better than this. We're better than this. We all need hope. I'm Mr. Black, helping you become more hopeful about your future, reminding you, when you live your life like it matters, it does. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.